How's it going, everyone? Workout Gamer here. Welcome back to the Workout Gamer Cast, where we talk about the nerdy stuff and the fitness stuff. Are you a nerd who likes to lift? Are you a lifter who likes to nerd out? This is the cast for you. Today, we're going to talk about Secret of Mana. We're going to do like a little review on it. We're going to talk about basic nutrition and macros. Kind of describe what those are. Kind of give you a basic guideline. Eh, we'll see. And then we're going to go into some viewer questions. If you want to submit some viewer questions, Find my page on Facebook, The Workout Gamer, and uh, go ahead on the most recent episode and put your questions for the next episode. And maybe you might find your question answered on here, or it might become a full segment like today's. So let's go ahead and talk about Secret of Mana. Um, there will be some spoilers, so if you haven't played the game, honestly, I'll say this now, there's not a lot of spoilers. I mean... It's kind of a basic game. But anyways, I don't mean that in the bad way. This was made by Square, possibly known as Square Enix today. Uh, and, or was it Squaresoft back then? I don't know. So, Square is known for making Final Fantasy, Chrono Trigger, and a bunch of other games down the line. The premise of this game is the world of mana... The, this world has sealed off its mana. There was a evil group of people who wanted to use it to control everything and then the heroes kind of what's it called they sealed it off and they sealed it off with this mana sword turns out the boy aka randy uh yes in the japanese version they refer to the characters as boy girl and pixie they're known as randy prim and pom-pom in this game uh pom-pom or poi poi one of those two anyways um and that's kind of the basics of the game. The the boy, Randy, finds the sword, unleashes the world with mana again, and kind of have to rinse, wash, repeat what the previous hero has done. And there, are, as I said, that's kind of the basis of the story. The first five, ten minutes of the game explains that to you. It's kind of like a cutscene slash, Here, here's the story you need to know, go play the game. That's great in the sense of, cool, I don't have to sit through so much, so much. And this was back in the SNES era. So it's like, cool, I get to jump in immediately and start to adventure the world. Um, that's all the story. I'm, I'm honest with that. Other than what happens throughout the game, some of the stuff in between the game doesn't matter. Like, you have, uh, you have the girl's uh, prim. You have her story, which is she's going to be promised to wed a soldier or a prince or something like that. That plot gets talking to about, but because of how much this game kind of just goes through everything, you kind of forget about it. You kind of forget about all the little middle details, especially with um, uh, the pixie him, uh, themself, and you just kind of forget a lot of the things. You're like, huh, okay. I'd say the strong point of this game is is being able to play it. Is being able to, oh, cool, I'm going to go through the forest, try to find things. Oh, let's try to solve this. Let's go and attack this and fight that. That's the strong points. The weak points are, I want to say, the story. I, I wouldn't say it's bad. It's just more, it's there. The way I like to describe it, it's like an anime where there's an overall arch, what they need to do, but they focus on like just whatever's going on day-to-day -day basis. Um, the gameplay is pretty much, there's kind of like an active time battle where if you do an attack, your percentile goes down to zero and it builds back up to a hundred. 
So if you attack at full power, you, you're more likely going to hit the enemy. If you hit anywhere under 100%, uh, you may miss or you might only do like one or two damage so you know like hacking and slashing is not a thing you got to be more strategic in terms of like okay i hit it this gives us time to like replace ourselves to go and attack um so i can see where it can be like okay you can't just all three corner one person and just have your way with it and go to town on just attacking it actually gives you some moments of okay let's think about how we're going to approach this monster in this attack the ai in terms of controls the game unless you, I don't have the instruction manual I played this on the switch and it's not the HD version it's from trials of no it's the collection of mana uh, sure I could have read the instruction manual it gave me but a lot of the same things you have to kind of figure out for yourself like there's this um, there's this thing where you can set up where if I'm this close uh, you can be the more defensive or you can attack I want you to be more uh, offensive and that's if you're playing by yourself if you're playing with three other friends, uh, two other friends, they can control it. And I find it multiplayer is actually a lot more fun than playing a single player. Uh, if you had this on the SNES, you'd have to go get the multi-tap to play three characters. And that's a... I started my gaming venture with, you know, Super Nintendo and Sega. But I don't have too many fond memories. I don't think I had this game. But I did have the PlayStation... Um, and, and the N64, and the PlayStation had a multi-tap. And that was an odd peripheral itself, because there wasn't too many games that needed it, just like in the SNES, there's like maybe a few games that needed the multi-tap. So there was a commitment to, you know, getting your allowance together. Hey, let's get this so we can play this game together. It's cool because it's like, you know, you get three players instead of just two. That's pretty awesome. And when it comes to the characters... I can see, because of how the characters are set up, you can totally have, like, a family play this game, you know. Uh, have your child or uh, who doesn't know too much. Let them play uh, the fighter, Randy, the boy, because he has no magic. Um, he has no magic. He's the, he's the one that's going to be up front doing the damage, ta tanking. And that's honestly his only purpose, because other th once you unlock magic, he is useless. And I say that not because, oh, cool, I can cast magic. That's way better. Yes, it is better. Some of the magic is extremely powerful and broken. So, and the bosses aren't, a lot of them don't have any immunities to magic. So, honestly, you can just keep spamming magic until they're dead. And it's honestly a, not too hard of a boss fight. And, you know, you start off with very low MP, then once you level up, you get more and more. But it gets to a point where, oh, I unlocked this creature uh, that lets me steal MP. Well, once you find that combination of, okay, steal MP, cast, 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 steal MP, cast, cast, cast. It Again, why would I play the fighter? Why would I have him, I would just have him be more defensive for, yeah, you go deal with that while I'm casting and doing whatever I need to do. Especially in boss fights, it's like, yeah, he's not important. Let me just go ahead and cast magic. And I get it. Magic's supposed to be some kind of mystifying thing in this world, but it's very powerful. It's like, why would I play anyone else? Especially when you get to the final battles. Like, it's like, okay, attacking's useless. I'm supposed to cast magic. Uh, 
for me that's somewhat of a flaw because it doesn't give like there's no special abilities like you unlock these gins from magic powers but even as a fighter you don't have any special uh, abilities you just kind of attack and yeah again that's great if you have someone who like a child playing with you but if you're playing with a group of friends it's like man i don't want to be the fighter i want to be the spellcaster but again that could be that's all subjective and one of the big things with this game is its menus because in order to cast magic you have to essentially pause the game look for the character press it cast so it slows the game down quite a bit especially if you're healing people because you heal everyone everyone's going to freeze in place for like a second or two then the game continues and it's the menus are quite overwhelming and it's very overwhelming because it's like oh i gotta pause it gotta find what i'm looking for oh where's my equipment oh i have to go to this menu to press equip to bring up a whole another menu it's very messy and it's it takes away from the game a lot um and i do my best not to compare this game to like other games squares made like final fantasy i mean this game alone has a lot of good things but Final Fantasy, like Final Fantasy VI, aka Final Fantasy III in America, Final Fantasy VI did it way better. I mean, the music's more memorable, and I'll talk about music in a little bit. The gameplay, the menus, everything, the story's more fleshed out in six. This one, it's like, it just cool. You did the temple. Here's a little text. Go to the next one. Go to the next one, which is fine. It's it's not it's not meant for you to kind of like have like a strong hmm if i move this here here you just kind of go through the game it's a game that kind of just go through more of a casual rpg versus i need to set up all these different combos and whatnot it's very simple very basic um and going back to music it's memorable in the sense of if you put it on I'm like okay i know what that is but it's not going to go into my playlist when i listen to music from time to time uh it's very like okay that was a thing that was like it's i like it but it's not like groundbreaking again i hate to compare it to it but look and it's hard to say that it's you can call it limitations because final fantasy 6 had very memorable music dancing mad um terrorist theme the overworld and also the opera um moment that was a groundbreaking moment which had character development music and just beautiful scenery and again that game is more advanced that's more for like you're gonna go through this whole journey secret of mana i find it more as a you're gonna go through this experience it's not a bad one it's not oh it's 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 a good one it's fun it's enjoyable it's definitely worth your time there are some moments where you just feel like underwhelmed because magic in this world makes it a little underwhelming because honestly you can go through a dungeon not spend any mp and then just unleash it all on the boss there are like maybe a few moments where i had to grind maybe because i was just trying to buy armor or and what uh yeah just trying to buy armor and whatnot or just like okay i need to uh, get a little stronger but very rare moments where i had to do that had to spend time of just like all right i'm trying to level all these guys up it just got to the point where like all right i'm just gonna go for the end overall if you decide to play this game it's on the switch i think it's on playstation and whatnot you can find the collection of mana. It's not a bad. It's not a bad selection, honestly. It's it's it, it wouldn't hurt to play it. It's very basic, so if you have little little ones or whatnot, 
I find it more for the family to play together with an RPG versus like Final Fantasy 6 would be more of like an individual journey and adventure and experience. Um, and it's cool, multiplayer. Definitely play it multiplayer just because it's a lot more fun. You're playing with friends, playing with family. I'd say give it a shot. Like for me, like don't think of it too much as a serious, serious RPG. I find it more as a, this is more casual. We're going to play together. We're going to do what we can uh, and adventure out in this world. Very small world. Oh, got to say this before I end it. The map sucks. I don't know what it is about RPGs during this time, but maps suck. Um, it's cool that you get to fly around on a dragon, but loading up the map screen, like, okay, I don't want the spherical one. I want the uh, actual map. When it loads up, it takes like a good five seconds, and that's that's a pain in the ass, really. <laughs> it's just um, maps are terrible during this time. I don't know why. Uh, you don't even know where you're going sometimes, so it's like, oh, is this the place I need to go to? Nope. Is this the place I need to go to? Nope. So you can get lost on the world overworld map. Uh, but that's my take on uh, Secret of Mana. Give it a shot. You know, it doesn't hurt. If you have someone who's like casual gamer and you want to like have a little fun experience, it's it's definitely worth the time. All right. So let's go and talk about basic nutrition and macros. So some of the things, uh, this was actually a question. Little, actually, it was more of a one-word statement by my friend. I asked, anyone have any nerdy or fitness questions? Her response was, macros. <laughs> so I asked her, what do you mean? That could mean a whole plethora of things. And uh, she's a good sport. So essentially, she was asking, "What are like?" I'm going to explain what they are, how do you calculate them, and the percentiles that you need for your nutrition. So macronutrients... The full word. Um, macronutrients are like your proteins, your carbs, and fats. Um, so, you know, you need your protein. And I'm going to be very basic. Uh, very basic on what I talk about today. Uh, protein is for like building muscle and repairing as well. Uh, there's all of these other functions as well. But we're going to kind of, um, we're going to kind of stick to, stick to that. Um, Carbs are going to be your energy source, and fats kind of keep you full. Plus, it has some benefits elsewhere. As now, you need these things. Uh, I'm also I'm just pulling up my my sheets right now. Okay, I'm just kind of like that. That doesn't make sense. Okay, so <laughs> so those are, you need those things in your diet all the time, and we hear things like, oh yeah, I need a lot of protein. Uh, well, hold on. How much do you need? Uh, oh, I heard carbs are bad. Carbs are not bad for you. Um, I'm going to avoid... Just stop there. Let's let's not talk about, like, in the sense of what... Oh, I've heard this from Facebook. I've heard this from YouTube. Uh, this Instagrammer. To, let's look at the basics of things. You need calories. Calories is kind of like your... I'm going to call them energy points. Proteins, carbs, fats are what keep your body kind of like running. And there's your micronutrients, like, you know, your vitamins and minerals and stuff. Now, that can be for a different day. We're going to talk about macros. So I have a couple of ways to calculate them. So I'm going to, there's, there's three ways that I know of. There's plenty more. So the first one, I'm just going to get out of the way because it's super complicated uh, for the equation. So, this is for if you are 
a, uh, a male, 10 times your weight in kilograms, plus 6.25 times height in centimeters, minus 5 times your age, plus 5. Did you get all that? It's different for women. 10 times weight kilograms, plus 6.25 times height in centimeters, 5 times age, minus 161. For that, for that purpose, we're not going to talk about that one. Uh, <laughs> let's just go and move on to another way. And I've kind of tested these out, and I'm like, all right, they're somewhat accurate. Uh, they're pretty accurate. The next one is... hope you got your pencils down, because I'm only going to say this uh, once. Okay. It decided to shut me out. There we go. Another one is... Uh, your body weight times about 14. That's roughly what your calories is for maintenance, for uh, what your body needs to sustain itself. 14 or 15, depending on a few var variables. And then the other one is finding a fitness tracker, either going on tdcalculator.net or downloading my fitness pal or all those other food trackers will kind of give you like because there's elements of how active you are what's your height what's your weight what's your age uh, a lot of these things have these variables because they can change no one is the same I mean I might be 510 uh, 5'10 person who is 236 pounds who lives in Oregon and someone with the same elements in probably let's say Florida their our needs are very different maybe i'm more active than person b or person b is more active your your how we calculate it is very different uh also there's if you're trying for fat loss weight gain ideally for fat loss you want to minus 500 calories from what you need so for myself maintenance is around 3200 calories fat loss is 2800 calories for me to eat now when i'm saying this if you're tracking your food right now and you're only eating 1500 and the calorie says you're supposed to be eating 2800 I'm not saying eat those additional 1300 calories because you will gain weight I'd say definitely work on tracking your food eating what you need to eat to start working up your uh, metabolism which will start you know you're naturally gonna start wanting to eat more and then you can start adding a little bit of food little by little until your calories are correct because your system can mess up whether you're overeating or undereating. And before I move on, if you get something like a fitness tracker or go to a TD calculator, it will give you the macros that you need. So you don't have to do all the equations. But if you're a math person, uh, going to the second equation I gave you, uh, so let's say you take your base, uh, you take your weight, times 14 you take that number minus 500 from that number and that's the calories with a deficit in order to get your protein take that uh, take your weight times 1.0 and that's usually what you're gonna get so if you're 150 pounds you need 150 grams of protein again this is all subjective um, and then if you got then take 150 times 0.3 or 0.4 for your fat intake and then this is where you got to do more math. Take your base, take your calorie deficit, minus the protein, uh, minus, um, 
the, the, your grams of protein you need times four, and then times the minus your grams of fat plus nine, then you get this number. You see, it goes on and on. And then you would take whatever number you got from that whole equation and divide it by four, that's how many carbohydrates you need. That equation, that's a lot of work. Go download an, a fitness app. Go download a, um, my fitness pal is one of the easy go-to ones. It's the most well-known one. And you don't have to use it. That's all up to all up to you. It's just one of the ones that's easier, well-known. Most people have it. It's kind of the go-to. Um, and I like it. I am not sponsored, by the way, by my fitness pal. But if they're listening, hey, what up? <laughs> Holla at your boy. I could use a... I could use some some stuff. <laughs> so let me pull up my my food diary real quick. Nutrition. So macros. So in this one, it tells me, you know, fifty percent of my food should come. Fifty percent of my calories should come from carbs. Thirty comes from fat, and twenty comes from protein. And honestly, I feel if you track your food, this is not as hard as you think. So go get a fit, uh, a fitness tracker. Go put in your stats and whatnot, and it'll do all the work for you. The other work that you would need to do is putting in the food that you eat. This is super important because you know if you want to get results, if you want to start eating better, understand what's going into your body first. Because I've I've had a lot of consults where I've met people where they're like, oh yeah, I decided to do keto or I'm starting to do this intermittent fasting. I'm starting to do paleo. I'm starting or uh, going vegan vegetarian. But when I asked them the the big question, do you track your food? No. If the answer is no, why are you going from zero to a hundred? And you know a little bit about my background. I'm I'm a nutrition coach. I can't tell you what to eat exactly, but I can kind of look at your eating patterns and explain the basics of why this is what you're doing is either beneficial or bad. If you want to go to someone who like is going to tell you exactly what to eat, a nutritionist, they have to go through school, they're licensed. So and here's a little tidbit. Be careful who you have. I'm a nutrition coach. I understand my, my realm of what I can say and what I can do. There's nutrition licensed nutritionists that can ha do a lot more and go through school and whatnot. So if you come across someone that says, "Oh, I'm going to make you eat this, this, and this," are you licensed nutritionist? No. Be careful. Be careful. But if they're looking at what you're eating, it's like, "Hey, this has a lot of sugar in it and has a lot of added sugar too. Is there a way you can change that to something better?" Uh, I noticed that you're you're having too much sodium. This is what's causing that. Is there a way we can change that? You know. We can kind of dig in deep and kind of look at, as a nutrition coach, a certified nutrition coach, we can kind of look in like, oh, I noticed this pattern when you eat. Every Thursday, you just you, uh, it's like a big day. What, what's going on? Oh, you have like a dinner? You guys have like a family outing? Okay, that makes sense. Okay. So it's adjusting, understanding your eating patterns and your calories. Because if uh, there's nothing bad about keto, paleo, being a vegan, vegetarian, and so on and so forth. It's just if you're not understanding what your body needs or uh, on the basis level of tracking your protein, carbs, fats, and your calories, there's no way you can succeed in all that stuff. Don't jump in the deep end immediately. Let's start off small. Okay, this fitness tracker tells me I have to eat this much. 
Okay, let me start tracking my food daily to kind of see if I'm even hitting that number. Awesome. Now, let's see if I'm getting enough protein, carbs, and fats. Ooh, cool. Um, I'm, getting, I'm super close on protein. I'm, um, I hit carbs easily. Uh, fats, sometimes I might go over. Okay, cool. Then you can start looking at the other things like, oh, I'm eating a lot of sugar. What's that coming from? Let's start eliminating some things, replacing with better things. And that's where we start getting the cycle of start eating better. Start cooking from home. Start doing this. Start noticing. Wow, it was a loud motorcycle. <laughs> uh, start noticing everything that you're doing. Because the way you get success from stuff like keto, paleo, all and intermittent fasting, all the stuff, is because they still follow macros. You got Like with keto, you can only have so many carbs in your day. And if you're... If you're messing up with how much too much sugar, too much this, then you kind of beat the purpose of why you're doing it. Intermittent fasting, just because you're fasting for so long, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to eat whatever I want now that my fasting is over. Well, no, you can still gain weight because you're eating too much, too many calories than what your body's burning. You can still gain weight that way. And with vegan and vegetarianism, um, a lot of the time is in order to get the protein you need, you do have to eat more. I'll stop hitting the the, the, the table. <laughs> you do have to eat. You be conscious of how much protein's actually coming in, um, and how much calories you're actually getting. So, you know, you got to look at at a bigger perspective. Nail down understanding food tracking. Food tracking is what you absolutely should start off with, uh, because if you're always second guessing or like having bad habits you need to look at that and realize oh man i'm constantly doing this no wonder i'm not losing weight or building muscle or um whatever the case may be food tracking food tracking food tracking find a food tracker or a td calculator understand what your body needs and then start working on your food and you know once you get successful if you do want to go down the route of um all the other stuff do your do your studies first understand what it consists of and how you need to adjust your uh, macros and, and calories in order to get successful in this new eating style so end of the day just yeah start tracking your food it's gonna be very beneficial because you're gonna start seeing how you're eating what you're eating and how we can change things I mean don't go zero to a hundred Work your way so it's realistic. Work your way so it's something that's doable. And, you know, you don't have to go to, like, fancy-smancy, fancy, um, like, food markets. And just because it says stuff like, oh, this these cookies are organic, so they must be good. No, they're still cookies. It's still junk food. Eat more whole foods, more foods that, you know veggies fruits you know some good non-processed meat do what you can and boom you got a recipe of success right there and of course talk to a nutrition coach or a licensed nutritionist to kind of give you some tips and whatnot and that's kind of how macros and basic nutrition is without me going too scientific enough for you know everyone's kind of understand like okay this is what i need to do once you start tracking your food you kind of see little pitfalls like, oh, you know what? I notice I have a soda every day. How about uh, I try to get that down to four times a week, then three times a week, and do what you can.
start seeing what you're doing. Look at your fridge. Uh, and there's a lot of resources out there. Like I think it's myplate.gov. It's something like that. Um, it kind of shows you like what you should be eating and whatnot. There's a lot of resources out there. And make sure they're good quality resources. I mean, there's so many things out there where it's like, oh, this Facebook article tells me about this. Or um, this YouTuber says this is the best way to eat. And it, it honestly, let's go back down to basics. I have textbooks on nutrition. I have, there's many books out there, but make sure the, the nutrition that you find is very non-biased. You know, let it be a scientific study that you find, scientific material that you read. And start with the basics, basics, basics. And honestly, that's what I can say. Everything you do starts with the basics. Get a control of your, your calories, what you're eating, how you're eating, your methods of eating and everything. And then that'll lead to where you need to be. All right, so let's go into some viewer questions before we end the podcast today. All right, so one of the questions is, what is the best way to get back into exercising if you've been inactive for a while? Good question, uh, really good question. So this is one of the, this can relate to a lot of us, especially with uh, quarantine and whatnot, having to close everything down. Just like with nutrition, don't jump into deep end. Don't go from zero to 100. Start by doing little things. Go for a walk in the morning. Kind of get things going like, you know what? I had my coffee. Um, let's go for 15 to 30 minute walk. Just around the neighborhood, do what you can. And then start adding things that you like to do. Oh, I like to go hiking. Cool, start going hiking. Um, do manageable hikes, don't go any. Don't go crazy. You're like, okay, we're gonna do a, first one to be like a few, maybe three mile hike. And then when you get better, four, five, start adding on, adding on. And then just trying to find what's going to keep you essentially motivated and what's enough where, you know, you get a good, you don't have to build up a sweat. Just because you're sweating, this doesn't mean you're burning a lot of calories. You could just be a heavy sweater. And uh, if you're not sweating, uh, make sure you don't overheat. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, one of the big things is just try to find things you like doing too. Uh, do you like riding your bike? Do you like going for walks? Yoga, you know, there's many YouTube yoga out there where you're like, okay, maybe find something you like doing. Because a lot of people are, uh, when they think of, okay, I need to get back to exercising, they immediately run over to a gym. Not a bad idea, but at the same time, a gym may not be for everyone. Yes, I'm going to harp... I'm going to be very harsh and say everyone needs to be doing some kind of muscle building. Like if you're walking on a treadmill and not challenging yourself for like 20 minutes, then it beats no point of being, being at the gym. You could be out and about in nature and make that walk a little bit more challenging. It's just finding baby steps to kind of walk your way into things and then finding little things like, you know what, that sounds interesting. I want to try that. Let's try this. Let's try that. Try things. Do things. You'll either love it or you hate it. So you'll know, like, you know what? I got a good workout from that. I felt I felt really good afterwards. Let's try to do this more often. And that's kind of how you start from starting from being inactive. Start out small. Go for walks. Ride a bike. Um, go for hikes. You know, walk around the park. Do what you can. And that's one of the best ways to to, to start, really.
many times I've seen people like, you know what? Uh, because the weather's nice, I'm gonna start moving more. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that, and then, you know, have some backups from when the weather starts to get bad again. Um, just be, so it's like you know, you don't have to stop immediately. Maybe get to a gym. Maybe uh, take a, a yoga class or find some yoga videos or at-home workouts that aren't extremely killer. Because as much as I love stuff like P90X and Insanity, those are insane. Um, the average, if you're if you've been inactive for a long time, I wouldn't jump into that. But stuff like okay, um, this is that home yoga. You can try this or Pilates or something you can do where you just need maybe just a screen and some space that's all you got to do that's um very simple you know not too demanding that to where you're going to be sore for the next few days but enough to start getting your body moving and who knows you might start building some lean muscle start burning some extra calories and you might find something that you didn't know you really loved so give that a shot next question this one's a fun one i actually did homework on this one um, how many burpees does it take to get strong enough to cook a bugbear by slapping it? So I looked into this. Um, <laughs> so I honestly feel burpees is more of an endurance type of exercise, not necessarily one I build strength for. So we're going to use a dex modifier. I'll make one for the strength modifier. And this is real life. And I'm using kind of D&D rules. So there's one of two ways you could do this. One... I want to say if you're being more dexterous, um, uh, I want to. I have these cards, these uh, mili- these are your daily military workout cards and whatnot. And <laughs> the greatest thing is like once you get to the end, it's like you do a thousand burpees in a day, not all at once, but in a day. So I'm gonna say that if you can do a thousand uh, burpees in a day, while learning how to punch now you're gonna have to dip into levels of being a monk or a martial artist or a boxer because doing slapping someone with uh in the DD world without having it trained is one damage and that's not gonna be enough the bugbear has 27 health if you go into monk and you're at least 17th level or you get a d10 you, you understand how to move uh and throw a punch throw a hit you max out your speed and land a crit boom at 17th level you can drop a bugbear with just one hit now if you take some of the elements if you understand how you know you can get some help by you know the elements of having your fire become uh your fist become on fire you might cook its face uh the whole body bugbears are they're medium-sized creatures, I think, but there are no way, no way, unless you can break the the laws of speed and whatnot to knock him out, be faster than the speeding, the speed of light. Yeah, you're not cooking him, but you can definitely either knock him out or um or kill him essentially with in D and D world. The other way is getting stronger, working on strength versus uh with some speed so barbarian if you're going to work on the the strength modifier if you go to level nine and also become a tavern brawler maybe it's not the prettiest punch but you're using brute force and you know you might get a little scruffy here and there brutal critical 
you add an additional die to your damage. So if you land a crit, you hit that sweet spot where they're gonna drop. You just gotta you just gotta roll a perfect perfect die. Boom! You'll knock them out at level nine with brute force and strength. Not the prettiest looking punch or slap, but it, it it'll actually it can probably work. And those are my two questions. So thanks for the questions today, everyone. Uh, that the last one was definitely a brain teaser. So uh, yeah, that's today's episode. Tune in next week. Uh, I got much more to talk about, much more to that I want to share. Again, leave comments in my leave comments so I can get some viewer questions from all of you. Possibly the next topic, and. Show your support. Please follow. Please subscribe. Please um, watch and share with your friends. And I'll come back for you with more great material. Y'all take care. Have a good one.